team, we enjoyed that. That was fantastic. Yeah, it's going. So excited. They've just uh, begun to change all the songs, so we're going to all do stuff 2007 and newer, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, no more old songs. Hopefully, huh? <laughs> Maybe. i got to turn this thing off because I may try to use something else over there. All right. That was fun. That was really fun, praising God like that. You know, when we were doing that song... Uh, uh, the one about, uh, you know, t- really speaking love songs to God, you know. I mean, I could just hear him doing it back. Just got a picture of that thing where, you know, uh, it'd be fun where you have it sung that way, where you, you, you're just telling him how much you love him, and he's telling you how much he loves you right at the time, right on top of one another. No, I'm going to actually use it maybe. So, it, 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 and I just see a picture of that, you know. It's just a fun thing because God is so much in love with us. And as we press into him and tell him how we love him, he just is coming back at us a hundred times more, you know. And so just don't stop. Just press in. Press in because God, God is bringing us into new things, new territory. I'm really excited about what God's bringing about. Now I'm going to try something here that may or may not work. So we'll find out if it does. Hang on. I may regret this. We'll find out. Last week, what did you guys walk away with last week? What was what was the main thing of interest to you last week, guys? Everyone speak at once. I always love that. What what was the thing that there, I've talked to several people and I saw different things. Uh, let's see. I don't know if that's going to work or not. Kind of. Partly. We'll see if it does. But what would... I walked away with some things just talking about, and I've actually talked to a lot of people during the week, and just to find out what they did. Most people walked away with this. They, they walked away with that we have to put it in practice, the things we've heard and listened to. Matter of fact, we saw that the things that, we, that, the things that we've been asking God for a long time for... You know, things you cry out, God, and pray, oh, do this in my life, do that in my life, make me like this, make me like that. I read a bunch of scriptures, and if the scriptures, all those were mentioned, the, the common prayers that we pray for, and the search I did to find that was those who put into practice what they've heard. And so uh, the people I've talked to really walked away with that, that, that we have to put in practice what we heard. It doesn't do any good if we don't, you know. We somehow in Western society have an idea of knowledge means mental intellect of an understanding. But knowledge biblically means heart understanding that causes your life to change. And so I was kind of thinking about that, you know. And we also talked about that if you don't put in the practice, judgment comes with it. That's a scary thing. You know, a long time ago I came to the idea that I don't want to hear anymore without being able to put it into my life. Because I learned a long time ago that if I know something and understand something, I'm held accountable for it. So it's very important that I get it into my life. And I don't want more unless I get it in my life. Now, the stuff that we're talking about, and it's the whole scriptures, but the stuff we're talking about right now is faith. 
How do you put that in practice? That is such an abstract idea in our life. We find it very, very hard to, 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 to uh, do that. Now, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I'm going to just kind of play two seconds with it. The trouble is I can't try this at home because I have to have the projector and I have to have the sender and I have to have everything else and I just don't have all those together in the same place. I don't know. You may not expect to see what you see here, but you don't see here. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, there we go. As I was asking the Lord, what about this? What can we put this in and keep it formed around? Because I've talked about a lot of stuff over the last few weeks and about putting it into practice, and God actually dropped this thing in my mind. Now, this is actually uh, is, is something that was carved on uh, in, in Japan on the doors of a, a Buddhist temple. I thought that was rather interesting. He dropped that in my mind. But it, it's, it's a very interesting thing. The idea of hear no evil, see no evil, I mean, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil is a very interesting concept. It's, a, it's one that's around with a lot of people. The idea, not listen to bad things, not look for trouble, problems, and not gossip. Now, that's the negative side of it. Don't do this, don't do that. And we all know that when we try not to do something, we empower that what we try not to do. Anything we have our eyes and thoughts on, we end up empowering those type of things. So I want to switch this around a little bit. You know, we talked about from the very uh, beginning when I talked about faith is the idea that everything on heaven and earth was spoken into being. It is the, the, the word of God, the, the, the actually manifest word of God that spoke into being that everything that we see rests upon. And the word still speaks. We talk about that with like Cain and Abel. It says, still speaks, it says in the scripture, and God's words still speak out there, and that's what everything rests on. As a matter of fact, the scriptures are very clear that all the stuff that you and I see here today is going to pass away. It's going to be rolled up, be worn out, and it is wearing out if you've looked. But his word will not pass away because it's the true reality that we, we, we live in. Now, unfortunately, that true reality was corrupted at the fall. At the fall, we, we don't, we, you see... If you look out there, you see earth dying. Truthfully, it is. It really is. You know, we have a tremendous amount of water is polluted. A tremendous amount of the atmosphere uh, is messed up. There's a lot of stuff. The earth is in a place of kind of dying. It's passing away. God's word won't pass away. And we have that kingdom has now been given over because of what man did in the, in the fall to the enemy. And that kingdom, the rule and reign of this world, is a fallen rule and reign. And we know that. And God contrasts it with a man by Abraham. Now, Abraham is what we know as the father of faith. And why was he the father of faith? Because he was willing to hear what God said, believe it, leave everything he knew and was comfortable with, to go to a place that he did not know. And as I've talked with people... I don't think I've explained it well, because this is a really profound thing, but it's not easily noticed. Okay, I'm going to leave and go someplace else. Yeah, I'm going to leave everything I know. Okay, I can see. I'm not going to trust in the things I see on here, but I'm going to trust in what he says. And you see, that amount of faith is called the kingdom of God. You know, kingdom means rule and reign of God. Rule and reign of God. When it talks about Jesus, he says, you know, he's made a little lower. 
and is crowned with glory. We don't see man crowned with glory yet, but it's yet to come. There's a process that is coming our way where the kingdom becomes established. Now, the cross did the work, and it was finished, he said. But is it finished all the way? The kingdom is here and yet to come. We can walk in the peace and, and heaven on earth, but it's yet to come because we, we find some other things going on here now, too. This morning with the worship, they started off with a bunch of harassment, you know, just arguing amongst one another a little bit and the enemy coming in and bothering things. You know, and I've gotten to kind of expect that type of thing nowadays. I remember when I was a long time ago, when I first got saved, sometimes all I could do is just stand. And the scriptures talks about that. When you've done everything you can do, just stand. But the time of just standing is now over. We're going through. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. The idea, I'm going to back up and go forward and back up and go forward. And and hopefully I, I bring across what I'm trying to say. Because when Abraham left everything he knew to a place where God would show him, the idea wasn't that just the promise. It was something that was being un, was being rolled out, unveiled, and came into being. Now, him doing that was a matter of faith. He believed God and was said it was credited to him as righteousness. When you believe God, when he tells you something, it's credited as righteousness to you today. That word still speaks too. If you believe, it's credited to you as righteous. And he says, the Father says that Abraham is the father of all of us that are born from the promise by faith. He also says not all of Israel, Israel, all of Abraham's descendants, were part of that. He loved Jacob, hated Esau. So there were ones who were based upon a promise that walked out what God said. Now, faith is that process of beginning to walk it out. We know there's an end. Many of you have been promised things. One thing that we've all promised is heaven, right? That's one. That's just one of many, many promises. God has spoken in your life many, many promises. Most of them you haven't seen yet come to be, most likely. Some you have, a lot of them you haven't. That's good, because there's a lot ahead of us. That's a good sign. It's a very good sign. But that process is difficult. That process is difficult because we want it now. Everything we've been taught in this world today, of this fallen kingdom, is it's now. But that's not what God's about. He's about the process. Process of faith. The other thing is called the process of presumption. I'm going to build that and show you what that looks like a little bit more right now. That's being in a rush to get what God's bringing us to. It's going outside. You know what? Remember when we talked about what sin actually was? Sin was the idea of acting upon your own initiative in your own timing to grab what you want in your time i.e. control of your life. Because that's what we're going to talk about. And that's why it's so difficult. Faith is a matter of giving up the control of your life to someone else and trusting that he's, as Abraham did, that he's a good God and is about to bring into being what he promised him. That's what faith is. Presumption is the act of not giving up your life, not giving up the control of your life, and being afraid and thinking you know how to do it better. Presumption... Abraham had an Ishmael, okay? In faith, 
He had the son, Isaac, in faith. Presumption, faith. Now, this is such a difficult, you know, something to, to bring across to understand where you can taste. Because this whole thing of we don't see the promise right away. And probably one of the best ways I can give you is an example of a, of a, of a client of mine that is a horse trainer. Now, a horse, when it's well-trained, is from a lot of time of training, which is what God's doing in your life and mine, and a lot of time of being ridden. And a horse, when it's well-trained, he can know what the rider wants to do. He can feel his legs, how he moves, how he positions his body, so he knows how, how to move and where to go. Don't even need a rein. I gotta say, one of the very first scriptures God gave me is don't be a stupid fool that needs a bit and bridle to make him submit. That's what he gave me, because that's where I was at. Stubborn, hard-headed, going in my own direction whenever I wanted. But, son, God had other plans for me. That's where I started, that's fine. It's not where I'm at now, most of the time. <laughs> but, a horse well-trained is, is, is a, is a harmony between the rider and the horse. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I was actually out at this friend of mine's, uh, client of mine, friend of mine's. He trains a lot. He actually did the Olympics. Uh, he did one of the judges at the Olympics, one of the best, you know, riders that do the jumping and all that stuff around. He was famous. Well, in there I was watching him one day, and he was riding this jackass around. It was a jackass. I said, well, you train world-class horses. You train those. What are you doing training the jackass? I thought that was really interesting. Now, it was a funny thing to watch him because this jackass kept on trying to dump him off on the side of the fence. You know, he'd go along the corral and try to rub him off. You know, he'd put his body up there and go along the fence and try to pull him off there. I thought that was quite something. And he said to me, he says, a jackass is far stronger and far smarter than a horse, which was a real surprise to me. I thought it was the other way around. Far smarter, far stronger, a lot stronger will. So I watched him as I trained him, and he told me as he got off, and he tied the tail to the reins, and the jackass started going around in circles, and he got off the horse, and he started talking to me about it, and he says, I says, what are you doing? He says, well, that thing's a lot stronger than me. And so what I do is I let him go around in circles for a while. I go in and take care of my business, and, you know, hour from now, I'll come back out, hop on, and ride him again for a while until I'm tired and I'm done. Then I tie the reins around, and it goes around in circles again, over and over process. And I found that pretty interesting because I kind of recognize that training. <laughs> it's kind of commonly known as going around the mountain, and I've done it a lot of times. The jackass wanted to go what he wanted to do in his timing rather than the rider's timing. He wanted, the jackass wanted control of his life. He was very smart, and he figured he could do it. After a while, he found out that he couldn't because the rider was actually smarter. I thought this was a great parallel between us and God. I really do. God is far smarter, knows what he's doing, and is willing to train us at whatever cost it is. Now, at first glance, that looks kind of cruel to do that. It really does. But if, if you're developing something for a harmony with something, a team to work together, it's essential that that jackass does what he's supposed to do in the timing he's supposed to do. Horse is faster. Jackass is stronger and smarter. 
even though they're smarter, I think I'd rather be the horse. You know, a horse, just, just the move of, of the rider's legs will make him move forward. Will make him go to the places he wants him to go. Well, what does that have to do with anything? It's the process. The reason I use that, it's the process of God saying, don't trust, don't look at what you have right now. I'm going to take you someplace you don't know. See, the horse doesn't know where he's going. He's dependent upon the rider to direct him to the gold that he's going to. We're dependent upon God for that process. But we have to be able to learn how to go in the process and not get ahead of him. Every time we get ahead of him, we miss. Now, the reason I have this up there is very simple. When God speaks and we listen, we have to choose not to hear what the world says. Believe what we know. We have to choose to hear what God is saying, where he wants to take us, what he wants to do. We have to choose to hear what God says about you. When I'm standing here, now I can see the jackass in all of us, including myself. I really can. You know, that's a prophetic gift. Love it, huh? Fun. I see it more in myself than anybody because I'm close enough. My wife does too, the closer I get. But I have to learn to not listen to that. Now, a lot of you go beat yourself up all the time and, and feel it's okay to say that I'm this rotten person, I'm that rotten person. No, it's not okay. You see, if I, I was looking for, I was going to write up your sins, sin, problems, all the stuff in, in red, and I was going to take a red filter and show you how it disappears because when the Father looks to the Son, He doesn't see any sin. And if He doesn't see any sin, He chooses not to see any sin. It's not a matter of not ability to see it's a matter of strength of character that he chooses not to see. So, when you're listening and you want to be transformed to the image of God, and that's the thing you've been praying, you want the mind transformed to be like him, then you have to learn to hear what he says about one another. It's important. I have to be able to hear what God's intention is for Steve. I have to this, that, because we're all human. We all have junk in our life. I have to not hear that junk. I have to be able to hear what God's saying about him and see him that way, which is the next thing. Choose not to see the things the way the world sees them. The world tells you to look critically. But I have to choose to see the way God says to see him. I have to be able to see the good and the intentions and the heart and the purpose that God made someone for. I have to see that. I have to be able to see that. I have to know that, that God is good and for them. And I have to be able to see that that person that I might have said was a jackass two days ago driving down the road is the apple of God's eye. Now, what do you think happens if I call the apple of God's eye a jackass? Who do you think gets in trouble? I do. Okay. Take that and put this back in, 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 in this faith thing. The faith is leaving the things you see and understand to go a place that God will show you, walking it out in his time, choosing to see people the way he sees them, choosing to hear what he has to say, which, which is where we're going to uh, next week is Hebrews, which is about hearing God and why it's important and how you do. Choose to see him and choose to pronounce over him. Remember when we did the pronouncing over one another? Powerful thing. Most people remember that. 
It's so good to hear the good about you from someone because you have trouble hearing it from yourself. Why? We're broken. Why? We're listening to the world. We are supposed to be tuned to God. Again, it is not okay to say you're no good. It's not okay. It's, it's okay to say, I goofed up and I sinned. That's fine. Repent and it's gone. Not repent five times and it's gone. Not go through some, some liturgy of some type to say it's gone. No. You ask for God to forgive you. It is finished. It is done. It doesn't exist anymore in God's eyes. So for you to choose to say that I'm still full of sin is saying one thing, that God's blood was not strong enough to wash away your sins. Is that a lie or what? Who do you think you're listening to? You're here in that world. But you have to choose to see who you are. You become as you believe you are. It's a business principle stolen from the Bible. You know, when we, I trained salesmen, a lot of salesmen over the years, and I'd have to get them to think about themselves in a different way for them to be successful. I had to cause them, to help them learn how to believe in themselves for them to be successful. Very simple biblical principle. It's all the way through the Bible. It's one we probably the most strange, a strange to than anyone, the church is. We have to learn to hear people who God says they are, see them as they are, and pronounce over them. If the same was were, were uh, Abraham and God spoke to him as he spoke the earth and heaven into being, then when we speak, we co-create with God, especially if we're hearing to him. If I'm hearing about who Barbara is, for example, and I proclaim that over her, do you think that's going to help or hurt the process of her becoming that? It's going to increase it. That's why I, I believe God dropped that thing into my mind. Because how do you get that in your mind to think about it, where you pull it out? Because it's so hard to hear in different things to lose it in, in the process. That dumb picture up there. Dumb proverb. If you can get a grip on that and begin, begin to think that way, the reality of the kingdom will come into your life. Why is it important? Obviously, for the simple things, your life's going to change. But it's part of the master plan of God to bring salvation to this earth. That's how he will do it. Mark my words. He's not going to come in here in a way that, you know, you know, we look for an event. All of a sudden, boom, and there will be an event. There'll be an event when he comes in the sky. We look for an event in our own lives that, okay, I'm going to come to this level of a Christian. That's why when things hard come against us, we go, ah, and really causes so much trouble. Because we see incorrectly. We, we don't realize those obstacles are opportunities to break through, to exercise who we are at a certain level that God already says, I'm not going to give you more than you can handle, okay? So he's given us this particular level. We break through it. We exercise our authority. We grow in the, in the authority that God gives us. We grow in the anointing God gives us because we come up a level when we do that. Don't miss that. You come up a level. When you learn to break through it, you come up a level. And yes, there are going to be more obstacles. The farther you come in God, the bigger the obstacle is going to be. That's the bad news. <laughs> but the good news is it develops us to the character of him. 
Now, is that not what you've been praying for? Oh, God, make me like you. Most of you, do you guys pray that? Who doesn't? None of you don't? I used to not. I was smarter than you guys. <laughs> I didn't want the trials. Refiner's fire, my heart's desire. I thought, I don't think so. Take a real quick look at this picture and tell me what you see. What is that to you? What do you guys see? Everybody see that? Young lady and old lady? You used to see the old lady? See the young lady too? See see her face looking out that way as a young lady? And uh, the big thing is the the choker is her mouth and the old lady? How about this? What do you see? And a woman's face. You look at it, it's a shadow. See? Face, head, eyes, nose, mouth. What do you see here? And? A rabbit. Look at the eye. Look this way, the mouse is going this way. Rabbit, those are ears where the beak is. A couple fun pictures. Thought you might enjoy. Why? Why'd I go there? The things, both of those exist. Just as when you see somebody and you see the bad in them, you see the good in them. Most of us just, just see the bad. We kind of glance at the good. You have to train your eye to see the good in people. It's a training process. It's a willingness to do that. My wife and I work on it all the time now. It does not come easy to me. Most of you know, like you guys, oh, I love you. Yeah, I'll see the good in you. Sometimes you tick me off and I might think, eh, but I'll see the good in you. Some other people I don't know may not see the good, but I have to see the good in everyone. That process to be part of the kingdom. Now, you also prayed that you want authority to speak into people's lives, right? To speak healing over them and they get healed. To uh, tell them about the Lord and they get saved. Uh, to be an example. Well, that comes... As we walk, remember Jesus, I only do what I see my Father in heaven doing. I only do that. That's, that's what he does. So he only does what he hears and sees his Father doing. If we learn to walk that thing out and begin to walk in the middle of a world that has a lot of things that are not real pretty, and some are real pretty, but we end up having our eye trained to what God says in that kingdom, then we begin to walk out that kingdom. Then we have to begin to have the authority that when we pray for people, they get healed. When we speak to them about who Jesus is, they get it. Why? Because you're walking just as Abraham walked in an authority from God. You walk that process out and you have power in what you say. Because God can trust you with power for what you say. If it's sweet and bitter water coming out of the same well, he says that's not good. That's the way it is with most of us. What happens if we allow him to train us to sweet water only? That we choose to see the good in others only? Now, that does not have to mean to be foolish. You have somebody that's causing you 
constant pain and hurt and stuff like that, that you aren't wise enough to say, okay, this is what this person is doing. And understanding it's the spirit behind him, what the scripture says. It's not flesh and blood you fight against. It's been principalities, things behind it. And not make a judgment on that person, but choose to see the good in that person and begin to call them out for who they are. Call out the good. Call out the, 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 the man of God, you know. Okay, they're thinking, oh, am I a man of God? Yeah, you are. You're dang right you are. You're a men and women of God. Why? Not because I say it. It's because what God says. Now, go ahead. What? So I could go past the fear of you. Okay. (laughs) Of course. You ask for it, you get it. Great heart. You know, a love for God. You know, now I can talk about things that aren't. But love for God. uh, A hope in God. An excitement about God. uh, uh, That type of stuff is what you call out. You know, you say that. I see that in you. I see that. What does that make you do? Relax on that? No. It makes you grow in it. If I tell you something that's good about yourself, you accelerate in it, not fall back. You accelerated it. I accelerated it. We both win because it's the kingdom. We're doing the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God is about. It's to take in a dark world and be a light. What do you mean? Dark world is the kingdom of darkness. The light is the kingdom of light. And we go forward and we become that. Because we're walking not by what we see, but what we heard God say. We're trusting that what he spoke for us to be and for us to do, and we take the chance on it, we become that. Now, presumption is the opposite of that. Presumption is the idea that I've got to get from A to Z now. Because it really comes down because we aren't willing to spend the time and, 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 and trust God in the process. Is really what it comes down I want control of my own life. I don't think you're doing it well enough, Abraham, with Ishmael. You know, is a good example. But I, I got a lot of my own examples of that one, getting ahead of things, getting doing things that, that, that God called me to do, but not in, my own, not in the timing that I am. That timing issue, I've watched... In my own life, so many times, I've missed what he's doing in the time because I get ahead of him. The hardest thing for me to do and and, and learn to speak in front of people is to be able to not be nervous and not be worried about getting every fact out and be able to walk out what he's saying. Because I I hear and I speak what I hear. That's only what works with me. You know, anything else, it doesn't really have any power. So I'm, I'm listening and trying and going out there, and sometimes God will turn me to the right or left in a direction I don't plan on going. He does that. But I have to be willing to invest that, take the chance of that. We have to be willing, because God is not in a hurry. He is not, it's, it's not an afterthought what's happening on earth and in your life. It's a forethought, understanding, foreknowledge that God has of you. So rather than the rush to completion... It's the, it's the process. It's like the world says, stop and smell the roses. Well, yeah. It's in the way, the same sense, walking the same, not in faith. Stop, catch his presence. You know, I can feel his presence right now all around me. And God gave me a blessing that, that, that I think he would give anybody. And that is, if I ask him to come, anytime he will come. 
He's always there. But I mean, I feel him. I can feel his presence. That's what he wants to give to each and every person here. The price tag on that is given control of your life. The price tag of that is not being a rush. The price tag of that is saying, I trust that if this is what you want to do, which I can guarantee he does want to do this one, that if I walk this out, he will surely come. If I, if I spend the time, how much time? I don't know. My little process took a long time. You may not be as hard-headed as I am. I'm not, you know, well, you may be more stubborn than I am. It's going to be longer. You know, I, I don't know. But I know that's the process we have to go. To go ahead of that process is to presume. Going ahead of the process says, okay, you didn't show up when I came to, you know, think about that. I, if I remember Saul, you know, when he was supposed to, uh, uh, you know, he's supposed to wait for uh, Samuel for an offering. You know, he didn't show up in the time and the people were getting restless. And so he went and did the sacrifice himself. That was the actually straw broke the camel's back and he lost his kingship really over that, or that particular time. That was just one sample of a lifestyle of that. Really to make it happen before God's doing it. Praying for a person and give them an extra push. I've seen people do that. You know, if God's moving on, fine. If God does it in a visible way, fine. If he does it, fine. Do you trust when you lay hands on someone that God's going to come? He is. If you serve him, he will come. Whatever degree, whether they feel it or not, God will be there. Whatever degrees, whatever degrees anointing he's working in your life today. But he will come. If you rush it, he won't come. Same way. So the process. So does this make sense to you, this process I'm talking about? Do you, can you see it in a different way? Now, I've talked about this from every different angle I know. This is not the first time I've talked about these very same scriptures. And, and I wouldn't normally do that. I would just kind of get through, you know. But I really feel the intention of God is that we have to get what faith really is. It's been such an absence. I can remember for 20 years or so, more than that, probably 30 years or so, I, this whole idea of faith was such an abstract thing. Yeah, I've got to believe God for this. I understood that part of it. But the process of it, I didn't understand. I didn't understand really what I've told you today in the last few weeks, what faith is. I didn't understand that all the time. And I spent, I used to average uh, lots of time praying and reading the Bible. Let's put it that way. Lots of time. More than you would imagine. And I still didn't get it. It wasn't until God opened it up to me that I get it. And God has to open this up to you. So I pray right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you come right now. And I ask you to water the seed, that you would guard it, that the enemy could not steal it. I've seen it stolen in lives all over the place. I ask you that you would guard it, Holy Spirit, that the birds of the air cannot steal it. And now, Holy Spirit, I ask that, that each soil here, each person's heart, is not in a rush, which is the thin soil, the one on the rock, but is willing to take the time to let it grow in their hearts. So, Holy Spirit, just cause it to grow. Let it find deep soil. Let people be willing to allow you to do your full work in them. 
Holy Spirit, I ask that you would breathe on that. I ask that it would grow and produce that harvest of righteousness, peace, and joy that you promise. How about, oh, good, they're ahead of me. <laughs> All right, I want to give an opportunity for, for this. Now, we're gonna, if you come up there, we're going to lay hands on you for this. Is that going to mean a tree is going to grow today? No. Unless the seed dies, buried, and grows. And remember the parable on, on, on a rocky soil, which is thin soil, grew real quick. And then it didn't have the roots to, because it didn't have the depth of character. That's why the trials have been coming your way to develop the character in you, the deep soil, to break up the hardness and cause you to sit and listen as God brings this stuff in your life. Because I promise you, you continue to walk, you continue to pay attention. You put the stuff into practice. Remember last week, put it into practice. That means I go to somebody I don't know. I go to my friends, and I choose to see the good, hear the good, and speak the good in them. That's how you put it into practice. Choose to do that. Pray for it. It'll be planted. God will bless it. But it has to be fertilized. It has to be watered. You have to water this. You have to go out and put this into practice for this to come out and be in your life. So... Those who want, as a matter of fact, it's allow the Holy Spirit to do it. As the worship team said, if who wants to do this, come up here, get on your knees and ask the Lord to do this in your heart. Ask Him to bring that into your heart. You know, bring it into your life. Uh, and bring that, uh, that germination to start in you. And give you the patience to wait. Patience to wait it out. Because God's not in a hurry. Never was, never will be. He's very patient as you grow. The growing process. I, I have a baby. I don't want him to be. There's a baby. Wouldn't, wouldn't want that baby to be a full adult today. I'd miss out on so much if that was my baby. I'd miss on all the process that's sometimes messy. Diapers. But when it's done, the process of growing up. As a father, I want that. I love that. He's a father. He loves the process of you growing up. So, as they pray, come on up here and do business with God yourself. Just ask God to help you with that process. All right? So come on, stand up and do it. If you don't want it, that's fine, but I would suggest you do it. Just cry out to the Lord and worship God and ask Him to do it. I'm not praying for you. God's going to do this thing for you. close to me for still my beating heart I find your thoughts without one glance we're going all the way with you almost as white as the snow and all crimson stain becomes just a shadow. You know I fly without you, so light up my way. 
Sometimes more 
been betrothed. You've been betrothed to be married. That's one of the things that uh, we're called to be, is married with Father. Don't rush through the courtship. Take the time to develop the love affair with your lover. Take the time. You know, when God said, in sickness and health, when they say, till death do us part, the idea of through good and bad times is what God's call is to your life. If, he, if that's something we're called in a, a marriage, how much more with God? Because it's the process of those times that develop the character and the love. So put that in your heart. Keep that in your heart. That God is so for you and so much in love with you that He allows things to come in your life to go through. And He allows the ability to see things and make choices, that free will, to see people the way He wants you to make that choice. Next week we're going to be at Hebrews 1, chapter 1. So if you want to know ahead of time what I'm talking about, Hebrews 1. So, and then after that will be Hebrews 2. And maybe a little bit more. So bless you. I speak a blessing over each and every one of your lives. May the Holy Spirit go with you as He always does. That you be, that He be relevant in your life. That He would be the guiding force of your life. So I bless you in that. Amen. Feel free to stay in worship. In the quiet of my soul. In stillness.